0: We're joined now from Blog of the Boys, R.J. Ochoa. R.J., we wanted to give you a few weeks to kind of settle down and calm down after a disappointing conclusion to the Cowboys season. But now that you've had some time to reflect, was it a successful year for the Cowboys? Or wh- where do you stand on just how this thing unfolded?
1: Good morning, guys. It's great to be with you. Uh, happy early weekend. Happy March. Uh, I know we're all ready to talk about brackets forever. Um, I, you know, not to be a pessimist or, um, you know, I, I don't know. Um, I, I, the more I think about it, the more disappointing, I think the season is, <laughs> especially, you know, off the heels of, uh, last night's report from the Dallas morning news that the Cowboys are, are you know, likely maybe he's going to move on from Mari Cooper up. I know that's, that's the appropriate verbiage. Um, I, I think that, you know, over the next week and a half, we're going to see, uh, this team, you know, kind of weakened. Whether it's releasing Amari Cooper or, or releasing Demarcus Lawrence or Randy Gregory leaving or Michael Gallup leaving, some combination of those events, um, you know, not not to be a prisoner of the moment, but you know, this was the year. This was the year that you had all these talented players. You know, the Cowboys when they drafted C.D. Lamb, we we fawned all over and said they're going to have this wide receiver core. They played 12 games together over two years. I mean, uh, with Dak Prescott, I, I should add, obviously, Dak missed a uh, majority of 2020, and so. You know, there's there's no question that their roster is going to be weaker this coming season. And so I think that makes 2021 all the more disappointing in hindsight.
2: When you look at this Cowboys team and going into the offseason, you already mentioned Amari Cooper may be moving on. What is the biggest need for this team? What are they looking at, either in free agency or starting to develop their draft board? What direction do they need to go, in your opinion?
1: You know, that you know, not to sit on the fence, but that changes. If they do release Amari Cooper, then wide receiver falls to the top of their need. You know, it's almost as if they they would need a guy like Amari Cooper. But you know, I'm I'm not running the Cowboys. But um, you know, generally speaking, they obviously need help along the offensive line. Um, I do find it interesting. I, I know that you know if, if if I asked you guys, you know, what I asked you, if, if you just had to pick a number, what 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 number would you say the Cowboys offensive line was? If you had to grade all of them, just I mean, random number like 10, ten, eleven, twelve. How what would you put them in 2021?
0: I I would give them a six. Yeah. they were very average.
1: Interestingly enough, pro football focus evaluated them as the second best offensive line in football. Wow. um, You know, people have have issues and qualms with PFF and, and, you know, they're not the Bible or anything, but you know, they're, they're helpful to contextualize things. And so, um, you know, when I read that, I was like, man, maybe I was too hard on them or maybe my expectations are too high. Um, But, you know, so maybe a little bit better than we thought, but, but they still need you know probably the most help there. And I think, you know, every mock draft you look at, you you look down to 24, and you hope that Kenyon Green falls to them uh, from the greatest school in the world. And so, I mean, offensive line is is a big spot, but you know, but that like I said, that could change. It could be wide receiver, or it could be edge rusher. I mean, Randy Gregory could leave in for agency, and they could cut Demarcus Lawrence. And they do obviously have the option of playing Micah Parsons as a full-time pass rusher, but it doesn't seem like that's something they want to do. So, you know, they, they, this, is, this is a truly, you know, you ever, with your kid, buy a pack of cards and, and unwrap it and hope you're going to get something cool. This is one of those situations, except uh, it's not a pack of cards. It's, it's a knife and a sword and a gun.
2: R.J., Blake Jarwin's coming off a nice season, and unfortunately he's hurt. He has surgery. There are concerns that he won't be ready for the season. What are your thoughts on how big of a setback is this for Dallas?
1: You know, Blake is, is such a, a great story. It's really unfortunate. He got a, an extension with the Cowboys right before the 2020 season and tore his ACL in the opening game of that year. And Dalton Schultz came in, really played well, and kind of set himself up to be the top tight end on the team uh, this past season. And so, you know, Blake just never really got off the ground. and Never really, you know, the end of the 2018 season, um, the Cowboys played a meaningless game in New York. They'd already won the division. Um, and, and Jason Garrett played the starters anyway, and Blake Jarwin caught three touchdowns. and Everybody thought, like, whoa, this is the beginning of something cool. And the next season, Jason Witten came out of retirement. so We never really got to see Blake Jarwin, you know, totally have that opportunity to top tight end on the team. I don't know that, you know, I, I don't know that you're really losing much, to be frank, from Blake Jarwin being hurt, and that's, that sounds cold to say again. I, I certainly wish him the best in terms of his recovery, but I think that his injury all the more increases the need to keep Dalton Schultz around. Um, and, and that's, you know, what's troublesome about that is I think the Cowboys are now panicking and saying, well, we, we've got to keep Dalton Schultz around, which means we've got to make, you know, another shoe has to drop. So that means Amari Cooper has to leave. You can have both. You can have both of them. You just have to be creative about it. But it seems like they're not willing to do that.
0: Talking with uh, RJ and Shoah from Blog of the Boys and ESPN San Antonio. RJ, we were having a conversation this morning about uh, the combines and and with all the data that is available now and with all the analytics that is available now to all of these all of these uh, franchises, how important is the combine in your opinion to helping build that draft board and and in determining what direction you're going in when you do have all this other data before you ever left your town for Indianapolis.
1: You know, I'm, I'm very much with you in, in in wondering that aloud. And I I think, you know, I think that the comment was already kind of losing, you know, if you want to call it a level of importance, then, you know, we, we can use that word. I think the pandemic obviously, um, you know, expedited a lot of that. Like a lot of our society obviously now operates in ways that, you know, we didn't used to. And, and so – I think part of that is, is, is a result or part of the Combine's weakened importance as a result of that. You can now have, you know, all these Zoom meetings with dues instead of flying them around the country. I mean, it just, you know, it makes more sense to be efficient like this. And so ultimately, I don't think the drills really matter. I'm, I'm not a scout. I'm not somebody who, who, you know, grinds tape or anything like that. But, you know, everybody who I trust in that world, you know, always says that you, you do trust the tape. You do trust what these guys put on film. You do trust who they were in college. That that carries, you know, a 99% level of importance to the 1% of of what they can do in drills with players who they've never played with before, Um, you know, against air with no real competition. And so I think, you know, the most valuable thing that comes from it is is the medical information that you get from these guys getting tested. But I I think aside from that, the true value of the combine is now the networking that happens. You know, there's all sorts of talking. This, This obviously happens a few weeks before free agency. There's there's drafts that are you know originate from conversations that happen here or drafts excuse me trades um, and so I I think that that's the real value but but I do think it is it is no longer the whoa we have never heard of this player before he just ran a, a four two five you know and now he's all the way up our board when he wasn't even on it to begin with I think those days are a thing of the past
2: R J with the coaching carousel kind of slowing down and, and almost everybody in place now. How do you feel about the Cowboys, where they're at with this coaching staff? Very little movement in the coaching staff, some minute movement, but both coordinators back and the head coach back. Do you feel good about moving forward with this coaching staff?
1: You know, I, I promise I didn't want to come on here and just be negative. Maybe I need like a donut and some coffee or something. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, I I don't feel great. And and I, I, you know, I talk out of both sides of my mouth on this sometimes, but, you know, That you were really bad if you're the Cowboys, you were you were really disappointing. You felt really short, and a lot of that was because of coaching. And so, you know, there's logic, right? Like I'm, I can't, you know, I won't deny that. There's logic to to bringing this group back and and running it back and, and keeping this continuity here. There's there's a lot of logic to that. But Jerry Jones, I mean, you guys heard it and talked about it. You know, the the Friday after the season ended, went on on the fan in Dallas and, and was all upset and and really flexing and really putting on his show. And then what did he do? What, what what change happened? What was it? You know, what what really what is different about the Cowboys today than than who they were when the season ended? And the answer is nothing. Nothing from a point of influence, at least. And so, and sometimes change just for change is not the right thing, but you know, the, the quote about insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results is that, and it's just, you know, what, what makes you think it's going to be different in 2022 in because you want it to be, you know, that's, you know, hope is not a strategy. And so you're going to keep the same coaching staff, which already was not enough. You're going to weaken your roster in some shape, form or fashion. It just – it it really does feel like a lame duck year is approaching. And, and I really ain't having that pessimistic outlook, but it's hard to call it anything other than that.
2: RJ, when you look at the, the landscape of free agency, are there any free agents that you would like to see Dallas pursue?
1: Well, yeah, but I'd also like to win the lotto. And, <laughs> uh, you know, like, like for my, my dog to not bark when I – you know, I'm on calls and things like that. And, and for my newborn son to sleep through the night, but you know, and, and, you know, it's seriously not being facetious, that's just not their play. You know, they, they just, and it it's crazy. It's been 10 years since the Cowboys took a big swing on a free agent, 10 years since they signed Brandon Carr and Brandon Carr was a serviceable player for them, but he just, he wasn't amazing. And so that spooked them. And ever since then, you know, they have hunted in the bargain bin. They have gone after some big names, uh, but they've always been big names that were available for a reason, whether they were coming off of an injury or something horrible like Greg Hardy seven years ago. And so they just refuse to really spin big. Um, and I'm not saying that you have to build 100% of your roster that way, but it is an element to team building. And so the Cowboys. You know, don't subscribe to that logic. They think you can build your team primarily through the draft. They are going to sit back and watch the opening days of free agency. They'll wake up and you know on the third day and get their value guys. And what's you know frustrating, and I wrote about this this week, is they you know that strategy last year worked, and good for them, It, it really did. Fine, you want to dunk on everybody, that's great, but last year was the outlier and the exception to the rule, not the norm. You are not going to hit on. J. Ron Curse and Carlos Watkins and Terrell Basham this year. It just does not work that way. But I worry that, that the most recent success they had is going to serve their own hubris. In this
2: Along those same lines, Dak Prescott, I've seen a lot of things where, well, are they going to finally go after somebody that's going to push him and, and have a true competitiveness in camp for the starting quarterback position? All that's just silly, isn't it? I mean, this is Dak's team. There's no way that Jones are going to let anybody compete with him now an insurance policy is a different story but they've also proven last year that they're not interested in an insurance policy either
1: yeah i mean you know even if you did believe that that there was room for some kind of competition, the financials of it all don't, don't lend to that. And and you can always follow the money. I mean, the Cowboys just paid Dak Prescott an exorbitant amount of money. And so he is their, their unquestioned starter for the foreseeable future. I'm with you. Um, I would love to see a little bit more devotion to the QB two spot, but again, you know, they, Last year, they rested on their laurels with that. You know, they they just kind of had a dude in Cooper Rush who'd been around their team forever, a dude who they had cut, by the way, at one point. Um, And they were forced to play him one game. He played, he started, and he won. And so that justified that, right? Like, I mean, we're all like that, right? Like, results justify the means. And so the Cowboys are thinking, like, look at us. We know what we're doing. And that's just, again, that's the exception. I loved, loved the signing of Andy Dalton two years ago. I, I maintain that if, if Andy Dalton had had to do what Cooper Rush had to do last year, for example, I think he would have been great at that. I mean, if he had had to come in for one, two games, whatever, I think the archetype of QB2 you want is that young guy who has experience starting, uh, but just wasn't enough. Somebody like Gardner Minshew, who the Eagles traded for at the beginning of last season. And so Cooper Rush is not that guy. And, you know, that's a really important position and that they're one moment away from being the face and the most important player on their team. And I love Cooper Rush, and it was a great night when they beat the Vikings. I just don't think it's responsible to trust him. I don't think it's responsible to do a lot of these things in a season that is so important.
2: R.J., you mentioned earlier at the first uh, Amari Cooper probably maybe not being in a Cowboys uniform, which I'm right there with you on on your thoughts on that. But what about Ezekiel Elliott? Do we see him in a Cowboy uniform, or is that the next domino to fall for this team? Mm -hmm.
1: I mean, believe me, I'm with you in that I, I understand the frustration. And I think, you know, if, if this were Madden, if this uh, if this were a meritocracy, then, then Zeke is probably not on the team. If, if this were a meritocracy, then Zeke doesn't get all the touches he got last season. Um, and and Stephen Jones actually said this week that, you know, the financials of Zeke's contract, you know, justify him being on the team. Or maybe not justify, but at least necessitate him being on the team. And, you know, that, that's silly. I mean, I said I talk out of both sides of my mouth. Steven does, too. I mean, Amari has guaranteed money. DeMarcus Lawrence has guaranteed money. And that's the reality. It just it costs too much money to get away from Ezekiel Elliott this year. Now, where Steven doesn't want to fall on the sword for that is he's the dude who signed him to that contract. And, and, and you know, so on the one hand, do you cut your nose off to spite your face? Do you throw the baby out with the bathwater? No. I mean, you know, there's, there's not real logic to that. However... You know, and, and everybody's chasing the Rams. They're obviously this time. everybody wants to emulate whoever won the Super Bowl. And the Rams purposefully, willingly, consciously, you know, took on an enormous, the largest dead cap hit ever for a quarterback when they took Jared Goff away because they knew that he was not enough, because they knew that they could improve their football team. So they were willing to take on that dead money in the name of improving our football team. And Zeke Elliott is, is kind of in that same boat. I love Zeke. He's meant a lot to the Cowboys. It's been fun. We've had some great times. But he's no longer the best running back on the team. Him being out there is sort of a hindrance. And so him being on the team I think creates the pressure or the whatever you want to call it to play him. And so that does hinder do your football team. So if it was my team, if it was my money, I mean, first of all I'd share it with you guys, but I mean I would try <laughs> to, um you know, because you just have to. And I realize that that sounds irresponsible, but some teams are willing to do that, and there's proof that it can pay off. And so not to be a prisoner of that moment, but, um, you know, the Cowboys just aren't wired that way. They paid Zeke, he's their guy, and, you know, they want to see him doing the feed and mm-hmm. gesture and selling all the jerseys and shirts every week.
0: All right, uh, RJ, what do you guys got, got going on on uh, Blogging the Boys?
1: Well, the world is not ending, uh, I promise. Um, And so um, we're certainly setting up our free agency. We've got some content coming out, kind of previewing, guessing, predicting, um, you know, who's coming back for the Cowboys, who's not coming back. And a little bit of that changed, obviously, over the course of the last 24 hours with the the Blake Jarwin and the Amari Cooper news. And so we've got some articles some videos, some podcasts. It's it's a busy time of year, even though there's no football being played. Um, So looking forward to it and and certainly excited for – The rest of the offseason to trickle on through. Before you know it, the Masters will be here in the Little League World Series and we'll be back doing the same song and dance all over again. There you go. RJ Ed Choa from Blog
0: of the Boys. Hey, man, we appreciate your time, and we'll check in with you uh, soon.
1: Thanks a lot, guys. Have a great weekend.